And what we do is we dramatize our memories to justify our feeling bad, down, depressed, angry. And so we're often addicted to a past that didn't even actually happen. The moment that happens, like it just it hits your, your energy levels and you become frustrated and you become irritated. And then that's that thing starting to pull you down. And the, the hyperregulation then is like, okay, I've noticed this is happening and I need to get back to that state. Hi and welcome to The Expansive. If you are new here, my name is Eric Kruger. And as always, I am joined by my ever-elegant new book coming out, soon-to-be bestseller uh, co-host, Mr. John Sane. John, how are you, brother? Uh, I'm great. That was a bit of a short. Don't you want to just extend it? Like, add more, add more to it, add more to it. We can get to it. We can get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All good. Thank you very much. I'm sitting here in Dubai. Just got him back from Mexico and New York and uh, just settling into Dubai for a couple of days before I come back to Cape Town. So all very good. Coming off the high of two weeks with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And for the people that listen to the podcast, you'll know that uh, that's been sort of all consuming for the last two weeks. And I have so much to share about it as it starts to solidify inside my own head. Eric, uh, tell us about you, how you're doing and also your new found passion with Paddle. Uh, mm. tell, tell, us, tell us a little bit of what's going on there. Yeah, listen, no, all good. Um, I've been busy with quite a few uh, team relaunches, something new I've been doing, which I've been really enjoying. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, yeah, and, and Paddle has become this like new little bit of an obsession for me lately. Um, <laughs> but I think we, we've been sharing this, right? And like we, yes. the, the showdown is nearing. <laughs> like the, uh... <laughs> I didn't know there was a showdown. This is getting more and more serious. We're so much, we're not even going to have fun by the time we arrive to this. Uh... To this uh, match. Remember, I'm an Enneagram, Enneagram number three, so that's the competitive achiever. So, like, okay. we can't just have fun on the paddle court. What do you mean? Okay, what does, fun enough. is winning, okay. right? Yes. I, well, yeah. uh, to be honest with you, when I lose a paddle <laughs> game, I've just had not as much fun. So, yes, I hear you. For anybody out there who doesn't know what paddle is, look it up. It's the fastest growing uh, sport in the world, apparently. In America, they have something called pickle, which is similar but not the same. Um, but paddle is made up kind of like of tennis and squash and beach bats. It's like a mix of those three and uh, really taking the world by storm. There's paddle courts everywhere. Mexico, mm. Dubai, Cape Town, wherever I've spent time, I see a paddle court. Even, you know what's so funny? I was running in the resort in Mexico. There was a grass, uh, a grass paddle pitch uh, uh, court. Yeah, made of grass, like uh, Wimbledon. Sure. Um, which I thought That's was quite a, interesting. But I have to tell you, I don't know if you know this, um, even though even though paddles now become a big thing, it was invented mm. in the nineteen sixties. Do you know yes. that? Yeah, in Spain. Wasn't so yeah, Spain Mexico or Spain. Spain. Um, yeah. Well, um, it's been around for a long, long time. A long time. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting because this is now the second example for us actually of the day about this compounding effect of doing the same thing over and over, and at some point, like there's a tipping point. And uh, something that was maybe unknown before becomes very known, or something that was small becomes very big. Why, why don't you tell the listeners what we're talking about off air? This is the second yeah, one. So, so we were speaking about um, your Joe Dispenza experience, and the, uh, the second part of what you attended was a week-long workshop, week-long like meditation workshop, right, or meditation sessions. And 1,500 people attended that that workshop, right? And I'm like, I'm, I'm blown away because if I think of how, how um, 
challenging it can be sometimes to fill like your own <laughs> workshops, you know, and like you're aiming for like 30 or 50 people. It's like, but, but then you were saying that Joe has been doing this since he was like 20. And we were like, he's been giving the same message to the world over and over and over and building and building. And it really kind of exploded for him about five years ago. Yeah, that's right. You know, somebody sent this video around where he's a student at somebody else's workshop. And he's almost saying verbatim what he's saying right now on stage. He's obviously gone sure. much deeper into it. Mm. Um, but that momentum and the tipping point is just, you know, such a classic business meme, meme right? You know, it's like, yeah. keep going, yeah. you know, somebody gives up just before they get to the diamond. Do you know this? Actually, this story is also quite interesting, is The Alchemist by Paolo, what's his name? Paolo. Yeah, Paolo Coelho. Coelho, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently, that book, The Alchemist, uh, was out for eight years before it became a bestseller. Mm, mm. And so, also, you know, he was also at it for a very, very long time. So, 10 years, 20 years of behind-the-scenes work to become an overnight success. So, I guess that's kind Mr. of what uh, is interesting. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, how long? He was yeah. on YouTube for, what, yes. seven years? Like, yeah. for a long, yeah. long time. And then, yeah. all of a sudden, like... But, but, you know, in the process, I mean, he was studying, he was tweaking, he was yeah. learning, he was iterating, yeah. he was surrounding himself with people who understood the YouTube mechanics. Mm. Yeah. You know, so so how, how does the self-coaching uh, system work for you, Eric? You feeling better now after you've coached I'm feeling much so better. I think <laughs> so. I'm ready for the next like 1000 expansive <laughs> podcast episodes now. <laughs> Yeah, just to remind ourselves all the hard work that does yeah. behind the scenes. The is long, long game. To pay off. But you know, this also dawned on me at the Joe Dispenza retreat is that we are already successful. And, and I think that a lot of the times, and I say we as in everybody in, in their own way is already successful. I mean, our podcast is already listened to by really 4,000 people a month, 5,000 people. That's a lot of people that are listening, which, which, you know, a few years ago was unheard of. And Mm. also, you know, you're a best-selling author now and like, these are all amazing things that we, we, we take for granted, we forget, and then we, we bring our ambition into play and we want to just be more, you know? And I think it's a, there's a lack of gratitude. There's a lack of wholeness on all of our parts that we're guilty of. Mm. And when we are putting out the message of lack, the universe reflects back lack. So I think it's really about overcoming our environment, our time, and our body to think ahead of what we want rather than being reactive to where we are and where we come from. So I think that process is really what we want to talk about today. So what yeah. a good segue, John. Well done. There we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so what we want to talk about today is, again, I mean, it's very difficult to leave two weeks with Dr. Joe and not have it totally infiltrated every aspect of your life. But this process for me is called self-regulation. And... It's something we learned over the, the, the sort of week of corporate training, but also something he mentioned many times inside the week long. And this idea of self-regulation is really the process of change. And I think that everybody wants to change and 99% of people fail. This is the whole idea around New Year's resolutions not working, going to gym for a Monday and Tuesday, but not going for the rest of the week. You know, it's the same, same old, same old, same old. So this idea of self-regulation is what we're going to unpack today and what I've learned from the process and actually what I'm practicing myself so that I can bring a process of change, real change to my life and not just stop when it starts feeling uncomfortable. 
Before we jump mm. in, Eric, any comments? Yeah, no, no, I, I think I'm just, I'm with you on it. Um, change is is hard because there are so many other things that are also important to us. The pool of autopilot is immensely strong. And so even if we have the best intentions of changing, it's very easy to get caught up in everything else. And um, the change that you want so desperately falls by the by, only for you to come back to it again, because that change is like it's unfinished. And so it, you're going to keep coming back to it until it's resolved. And uh, yeah, I think having a process and having a structure for it uh, makes it a bit easier. You know, like you, it's kind of like, here's your roadmap for change. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I made a post yesterday um, on social media. I, I don't know if you saw it, but um, it was about this idea that 50% of our memories are false or 50% of our memories are true. And what we do is we dramatize our memories to justify our feeling bad, down, depressed, angry. And so we're often addicted to a past that didn't even actually happen. We've over-dramatized it to such a point that we justify ourselves and the actions and behaviors we have. And what we realize is that most of our lives is based on memories of the past and most often dramatized memories of our past. So what does this mean? It means that any sort of self-regulation or change is impossible if we keep repeating the trigger points from the past. Now, if your future is a reflection of your past, the only place that is unknown or the only place that is not a representation of the past is the now. And so how do you get into the now? And this becomes the beginning of change because if you continuously stay in the past and in the future, there is no new, there is no change. Because why? Because you've been triggered by the same things over and over and over and over without even realizing you've been triggered. And then you still dramatize parts of it. And this is all of us, right? Not just everybody out there, but all of us. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to put ourselves into a state of the unknown. And we have to put ourselves into the state of releasing ourselves from the past, from the future, and our known selves. Now, if you've ever listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation, you most probably have listened to one of his very early ones on YouTube that's for free. And it's an incredibly irritating one because in it, he says, space, <laughs> space. And anybody who listens to that is like, what is wrong with this guy? This is terrible. And he even mocks himself now because, you know, he's always improving his meditations. And he actually mocked himself on stage. Like, this is why I ask you guys to go space. <laughs> and so if you've ever listened to that meditation and didn't listen to another one, I don't blame you because it was terrible. But what he's trying to do there is get yourself to release your old you and the, new, and the, and the future you into the unknown and into the unknown, into the present moment. And this becomes the beginning of our ability to change. Okay, so first off, we have to come into the unknown, into stillness. And it's only from this point of stillness that we can start to take the next step. And the next step of change is rehearsal of how to act, who you want to be, what process do you want to follow for the rest of the day. So in the mornings, you want to get yourself into a state of nobody, nowhere, no time, become invisible and away from your past self and the future self, the known self, and move into the unknown self, into the sweet present moment, as Dr. Joe calls it. In that sweet present moment, 
you're nobody, nowhere, no time. Now you can start rehearsing how you want to be, who you want to be, and how you want to show up in the world. Now what starts happening is like all sports stars that you listen to, they have rehearsed them winning that game, that gold medal, millions of times. So what they've superimposed that reality into their consciousness and then their conscious mind starts to look for that belief system that's been rehearsed into their subconscious. So step one, move from the known self to the unknown self, come into the sweet present moment and start to rehearse what the rest of the day looks like. Any comments? Mm. Um, no, uh, I'm totally with you. I, I like the rehearsal idea a lot. Um, we know that there's also, from a scientific point of view, there's lots of backing for the idea of visualization, right? Of and course. like that's essentially yeah. what, you, what you're advocating for. Well, I mean, the best example of that is President Zelensky paid a president on TV for two years before he became president. Trump paid 14 seasons of, these are all, <laughs> this is all the imprinting that's happening inside our heads without us even realizing. And when you make certain purchases without even thinking about them, this is the imprinting of marketing mm -hmm. that's been happening inside our heads forever. Have you, have you ever seen yeah. um, Formula One drivers, like so, mm -hmm. like uh, Lewis Hamilton? I've seen yeah. videos of him where like, he's sitting with the steering wheel in his hand, yeah. and like, in his mind, he's like, going through the different yes. turns, right? Yes. So by the time they get to that, because I mean, you're going around that... Um, 280 kilometers an hour. Stupid yeah. pace, yeah. So they have yeah. every corner memorized yeah. and visualized exactly yeah. where the line is going to be, how they're going to come in, right. how they're going to come out. So I think that's also a good, uh, good example of it. Mm. Nice. Good. Okay, I like that. Then the second step is now that you've rehearsed who you want to be and how you want to react to the world, overcoming your environment, your time and body, you then have to become hyper self-aware of you lapsing into an old emotional state. Just off air, I was talking about you winning one of the jobs and our friend Terence winning another one of my jobs, our jobs, my jobs. Yeah, it wasn't my job. Uh, he won it. <laughs> Sorry, that slipped. <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Terence Maori is a good friend of ours, and well, I don't, Eric. I don't think you've met him, but he's a great no, guy. No, no, no. He's in the same world as us. He's a keynote speaker. He lives in London, and. Um, he got a job for the Oman Bank, which was supposed to be mine. In my in my mind movie, it was mine. But anyway, I didn't meditate hard enough on it. So the, the, the old John would have reacted in a secretive, frustrated, and irritable manner. And I became hyper self-aware when my business manager, Anita, told me that Terrence had gotten that job. And I immediately went into a process of self-regulation. So... Once you've rehearsed how you're going to be, who you're going to be, you move into hyper self-awareness so that you are not falling back into the old patterning of the addicted brain and reaction to the world. And then you put yourself into a state of self-regulation. So what is self-regulation? Self-regulation is getting yourself out of a state of beta into a state of alpha. Uh, that's a brain wave. So moving yourself from a process of irritation, analytical, outcome-based thinking to a process of imagination, collaboration, and calm. And so self-regulation becomes the process of breathing, moving, whatever it is that gets you back into a state that is one of calm rather than irritation. Any comments? Mm. You know, I think it's one of the hardest things to do because even when you, when you go through Dr. Joe's uh, meditations, like one thing he's trying to get you to do is to anchor the emotion to the point that when you go through your day, 
and something upsets you that you can remember what that feeling was like and live into that feeling again. That's it. That's it. And I've, I've caught myself quite a few times, maybe in the past week or two, um, being able to do that, being able to say, oh, like, because what happens is like you wake up in the morning, you're all intention, you are all focused, you are all like goal driven. And then halfway through the day, you're like, oh, like, it's just not like, it's just not going. Like, I'm, I'm not productive. I'm frustrated. Like a deal falls through. Yeah. Or, like, you know, and then like the moment that happens, like it just, it hits your, your energy levels and you become frustrated and you become irritated. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that thing starting to pull you down. And the, the hyper-regulation then is like, okay, I've noticed this is happening and I need to get back to that state. And yeah. You've just said the most important thing. I've noticed I'm off track. I need to bring myself back on. That, mm. that, that in itself is just so powerful, Eric, more than anything else, you know? Mm. And, it's, and it's incredibly hard because when we start feeling those emotions, yeah. it's, we actually just want to indulge in them. Like you actually, you, you feel justified that you should be angry and frustrated. When you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but in my first book, I called it peeing in your nappy. It's mm. like, you know, for mm. the very first 30 seconds, you feel warm, familiar, and comfortable and relieved that you're back to your old self. And then after that, it's the worst ever because now your nappy's cold, it's wet, you mm. smell, all those sort of things, you know? So um, the third, the, the next thing we need to do is we need to give ourselves new emotions to anchor onto so that we have a tool set to jump straight into. And I learned this with my relationship with money, you know? Uh, for the longest time, I was anxious, frustrated, and fearful that there wasn't going to be enough money. And then I created, well, I did that course with Angela Deichman, and then she taught me to move from, uh, to move to excitement, ease, and love. And these became three new emotions that I could anchor myself onto every time I came to the point of feeling anxious, frustrated, or fearful that there wouldn't be enough money. Put my self-regulate, give myself three new emotions, or however many emotions that I can anchor myself into and then start feeling those so that I have mm. them as a tool set ready to go so that when, when you did lose that job, hopefully it was to me. And when you did lose that job, <laughs> um, um, you need an anchor point of what it is. What is it? It's like, I, I feel, I, I feel inspired by the fact that he got it or I feel um, good for him. He deserves it or whatever the case may be. I'll, mm. I'll, let me take my energy and get onto the next one. So mm, you need three, mm. or I like three because it's a nice number, is how can I move to a state where I anchor myself into new emotions? Mm. You know, and what it comes down to is like those things are pre-planned. They are, yes. because, and this is, the, the entire process is so intentional and it's so structured because if you don't have that, then you're going to have to try and create that in the moment and that's not going <laughs> to work. You need to know what it is beforehand. You need to have lived into that beforehand so that when the pool of negativity comes around, you are able mm. to get yourself out of that. Mm. Um, and I'm just, you know, more and more what I'm realizing, because I've also, I've been doing a lot of work with like, with teams lately um, in providing them with structures and frameworks for teams. Come closer right? to the mic. Oh. Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been working with them on, on creating structure and frameworks in their yeah. teams. Mm. And what I'm realizing is that more and more, the more structure we have, the more freedom we have, because yes. the more it allows us to just tap into something that we've already created. And we created this in a state when we were at our best, at our ideal, at our highest. Yes. And therefore, when I'm low, I know, okay, I can trust this because I've created this yes. from a, a good place. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I think there's, a, there's that saying that says uh, structure in your day gives you ultimate freedom. Mm. You know, it, it, it is. It's like freedom isn't not having any structure. Mm. It's having great boundaries and structure mm. so you can be free within them. You know? And in everything. That's actually what I'm trying to like yes, get at. Everything. It's like everything. everything. Like just create structure. If it's you like if, if you, you feel want to lose weight, make sure you have the right snacks around mm. you. Mm. you know, instead of having the bad snacks. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I've been doing, just talking about losing weight, I've just been having sweets around me, like these hard sweets. And yeah, yeah. instead of eating chocolate or donuts or whatever the case may be, I just have one of these sweets and it hits my sh- it's like it it Jeez, now even talking about it now, my mouth is drooling. Anyway, I love these sweets. Um, so, <laughs> and I've ran out of them. <laughs> anyway, um, but what they do is they, they settle my craving for sugar, you know, and mm. uh, I don't have to I don't have to worry about uh, ordering uh, um, what's it called the donuts, um, Krispy Kremes at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> damn, listen, Uber eats. Damn, listen, Uber eats. Damn. I, I mean, I, I was going to say that you're looking quite slender there, like that that yes. t-shirt's like slipping off of you right there, like <laughs> all, all the weight that you lost while meditating and fasting. Can I tell you something? We ate like absolute beasts at this retreat. <laughs> everybody and everybody lost weight. It was the most <laughs> unbelievable thing. I was like, I couldn't. I was constantly eating, but we were constantly learning and meditating. So I think there was a lot of calorie burning. But listen, okay, can I tell you and, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. one more thing? On. Um, yeah. Do you know that when chess grandmasters play chess for like a, like whatever defined period is, um, they lose somewhere between 5,000 and, or they burn 5,000 to 8,000 calories. Wow. That's how, in, yeah, like they, they actually lose weight because of the intensity of um, energy okay. consumed by the brain. Mm. Mm. You know, the brain's a hungry machine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the last point, or the second last point, is expect resistance. You know, you, you, you've created the unknown in the morning. You've rehearsed how you want to be for the rest of the day. You brought about self, hyper self-awareness. You've got a tool set to self-regulate yourself, whether it's breathing or moving or whatever it is. You've anchored yourself into new emotions. This is a process we're going to follow, and, you know, we're following it, you and I. And then expect resistance. And in that state of expecting resistance, I think a great response to resistance is, ah, (laughs) there's a part of me that still wants to act in the old way. No problem. Come here. Let me chat to you. Let's settle it down and let's actually move into the new process. And ultimately, what you want to be doing is repeating this process of self-regulation, hyper self-awareness, rehearsing, anchoring new emotions, expecting a resistance and repeat and repeat and repeat Mm. until you've moved the dial on uh, certain habits and certain behaviors. And Dr. Joe said this one line that every time catches me and hits me in the gut. He says, people are addicted to lives they don't even like. Mm. And that sure. is just such a powerful system that our psyche has created to keep us stuck in a loop. It's a loop to loop, loop to loop, loop to loop. I hate my life. I'm addicted to my life, so I'm going to go have more conversations to give myself more abilities to feel more shame, more down, because these are the things I'm addicted to. So, you know, as a, as a, as a society, I think many of us are addicted to these things. And so there is a lot of resistance inside our bodies uh, to want to keep to exactly the same addictions we've always been addicted to. And so, yes, expect resistance. But if you don't start the process, you could be addicted to a life you don't even like. Yeah, listen, um, sure. That's been, that's been really good. Um, very, very powerful. And I think being able to lay it out like that in such a systematic process, 
um, it, it takes a, uh, a thing that we all have to deal with, which is change. And mm-hmm. I mean, we speak to this like all the time in this podcast. It's like, you're not getting away from it. It's like, it's not only that there are certain changes that you need to make because you look at your life and you go, this isn't good enough. I want better for myself. And then you have to go through the process of change. There's that, but then there's also the fact that the world is changing and externally you have to adapt to your environment and that the change that you have to make in order to do that is exactly the same process. So this process is whether you are trying to change internally because of what's been happening in your own life or whether it's adaptation to what's happening in the world around you. The process applies to both. Um, And I think it demystifies a lot of what we'll have Mm. to go through and sets the expectation for what changes. Mm, Well said. I think... You know, the perfect thing to do is to get this new book called Who Do We Become? Because in it, yes, man. The, like, rolls out the process. <laughs> so look, um, I gave you time to launch your book. Um, I, I didn't want to step on your toes or take any of your media and marketing momentum away from you. But now is my time. We've arrived at my time. What was it? Was it the Zuma? It's my time. There was this whole skit around him stealing all the money in the country. Um, it's my time. And anyway, so it's my time now. And uh, who do we become? Begins the process of launch. Uh, so anybody listening out there, um, uh, who do we become? Is my book that's now on Amazon, um, as well as all the other bookstores and brands out there. I haven't recorded the Audible as yet. But uh, yes, if you would like to support, I'd really appreciate it. I'm also doing lunchtime talks. Uh, so if you buy 200 books, or we can do a deal. I'll come and do a free talk at lunchtime to your employees, an internal talk. These are not external talks. These are internal talks. So if you just buy uh, a number of books, um, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch up and do a talk. Also, we're doing launches in Johannesburg and Cape Town. Uh, the dates will be all over our social media, so please take a look at that. And also, I'll be doing interviews at, uh, I don't know if I'm going to beat your record of 2,155,000 uh, yeah. interviews, Eric, but yeah. uh, I do have a bunch lined up, and uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing the message around who we're becoming and why it's such an important question to ask ourselves. And I think the easiest way I've got people to really think about it is their desperation to figure out what they need to do for their kids. And when I explain to them what they need to do for their kids, it becomes quite easy for them to understand. And then I say, this is also what you need to be doing for yourself. And people Mm. are like, oh, shit, because there's a lot of unlearning that needs to be happening in order to be able to adapt and adopt a new behavior and a new way to add value to the world where AI and technology is demonetizing this, this is demonetizing and, and, and totally disrupting so many sectors around us that many things that we once did to make money and add value are becoming irrelevant. And mm-hmm. so in the book, what I do is I go through a process of explaining the emotions that are required as well as some of the tool sets that I've been learning and applying to myself as we evolve into a world that doesn't require us to be analytical, logical, or outcome-based, but really more creative, more fascinated, and more experimental. So, mm. yes, join us at one mm. of the launches and uh, look out for some of the interviews that are coming out. Yeah, listen, and from my side, um, brother, congratulations on another book. Um, and to, to everyone listening, um, I think the, the book is worth getting for multiple reasons. I think, number one, the question of who do we become? I mean, like, is there, is there something more important to sit with than uh, this is what this, this entire sh- like podcast has been about today as well. It's like, who do you become? Like that is such an important thing to contemplate. 
And so even if you buy the book and you don't read it, but you have the, the book in your house. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. If you buy the book and don't read them, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about that. You can give uh, them. You can give them. Secondly, um, you, you'll have uh, John's big smiling face um, on the cover there. So you can, just, you can also just display that in your house if you feel like you want a, <laughs> a shot of inspiration. Uh, but, then, but then finally also, um, for those of you who don't know, like John is a uh, prolific author. Like this is his fifth book now. And I think every book has brought immense value. Um, you are someone who spends a lot of time thinking about uh, not only the changes that are happening in the world, but as we saw today, like the changes that we have to go through to really show up as our best and to create a future that is expansive, a future that is aligned and a future that is meaningful. And so I think this book is just a continuation of all the incredible work that you've done. And you can almost, you can go and grab this book without even knowing anything else, apart from the fact that John has put in the intention and the effort to make this something spectacular. So well Thank done, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Eric. I really appreciate those kind words. And uh, I'm sure we'll be sharing more about it as we uh, go through the podcast over the next month in July, which is really the whole month that I'm going to be marketing it. And also the launch in Cape Town. Eric will also be there. So he'll be emceeing. So come and see us. It'll be a who do we become an expansive event. And so mm. it'll be great to have all of you there as well for that. And what we'll do is we'll invite everyone to the panel game that happens beforehand, and then you're welcome to come and support. Eric, are you sure you want to embarrass yourself and like lose a panel game before you come and MC? I mean, will you lose? Will you still come and MC if you're going to be so? I'll especially come and MC. I'll especially... You actually want me winning that match? Yes, um, I'm going to let you win. I'm going to let you win. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another uh, episode of The Expansive. It's always great to have you with us. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. We've been uh, working hard to get to 200 reviews this year, and we love hearing from you. So uh, if you have time, it takes two or three minutes, go and uh, fill in the form, and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, and we'll chat again next week, same time, same place. Goodbye. Ciao.